Hello, everyone, and welcome to Radical Choices, Episode 5. I'm joining you on a beautiful Sunday afternoon that has been definitely very emotional for me and also healing, um, revealing all of the things that a new Pisces moon brings, as today is not only part of uh, Mercury and retrograde when there are so many of our shadow parts and there's inconveniences, et cetera, show up during this time when Mercury is in retrograde. But it's also a new moon in Pisces. Uh, Pisces as a water sign is a sign of a lot of healing, a lot of emotion, um, fluidity of emotion that oftentimes can take a physical manifestation. And really, it's about being all up in your feels. <laughs> that's uh, that's what Pisces brings us. And I have so many amazing, beautiful Pisces friends that remind me to do that. Because as a Libra myself, uh, I have a son in Libra, uh, which is an air sign. And I have a rising ascendant sign as well as a moon in Sagittarius, which is a fire sign. So I tend to be pretty flighty, but balanced, um, but also very passionate. Um, but what I don't have is any earth in my sign or any water. So I certainly rely on my earth signs and my water signs for balance. And that seems to make up the majority of my friendships. In addition to air and fire, basically Libras get along with everyone. But um, many lessons in astrology there. Um, I just want to talk about how it sometimes is difficult to navigate really heavy emotions and feelings. And I'm bringing this to you on a day that has been quite emotional. It began with a really beautiful conversation with a friend where she was sharing really her story of going from survival to um, to really a place where she's really in flight and she's really starting to truly manifest the life that she's always desired. And so that was just a beautiful start to my morning. I then went off to see a portrait of a lady on fire, which if you haven't seen it, beautiful, beautiful film about I would just say life and femininity, strong feminine elements, as well as love, and just a lot of intense feminine energy. I would just say that it was very much got me into my feelings quite a bit. I came home and decided to just spend time on my deck with it, which I rarely do, despite having this. Did some writing around some of the plans that I have for the rest of this month, which are going to be really transformative. A lot of things coming to fruition. Um, blocks that I've asked to be removed are, are starting to do that, and it's scary. And I then realized I got a message from both my mother, who I don't speak to at this moment, and from an ex, both of whom were trying to reconnect with me over text um, and it was tough because it got me immediately just riled up. So I had been in this like beautiful emotional state and then I read these and I, I get angry and it, 
I, I can't necessarily place why except for I think both of these individuals have not always respected, I mean, this is an understatement, my boundaries. And I just thought, you know, I, I tend to have these conversations when I'm on a high or when I'm, you know, persevering or, or feeling called to share something that really lights up and energizes me and, and hopefully you as a result. But what is it like to navigate these these valleys that we oftentimes face in life and what choices, what radical choices can we make to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves, to make sure that we're getting to a state of wholeness when we sometimes feel so worn down. And, you know, this is these feelings I've navigated throughout my entire life, whether it be, you know, as a child who didn't always have the words or the capacity or the um, upbringing that allowed her to be her emotional, you know, to live her emotional range or in work or relationships that required me to, to dull in who I am and, and put myself in a box and be a robot. And I've just learned recently what it means to just feel emotion. And so that's really what I want to talk to you about today, which is where are those places in your life where you oftentimes find yourself removing yourself or numbing yourself in order to not feel. And I was, I was actually listening to this podcast the other day and, um, and I'm forgetting who talked about this. I, I believe it might've been Sandra Cisneros. It was from the podcast on being, with Krista Tibet. And she talked about how, as we get older, we oftentimes, one of the scariest parts about life. Um, and it's funny enough, I'm thinking now Tracy Ellis Ross and her talk with Oprah on Super Soul Sunday also said this, that we're generally trying to escape this feeling of loneliness um, as though it's going, once it overtakes us, it's it's going to kill us or it's going to steal whatever we have in that moment. And I think for me, I've seen loneliness as an affront again. It's, it's like someone that I fight with, right. Where I'm just like, no, no, don't feel lonely. Like, you know, like text a friend or like go to Instagram or, you know, um, spend money or do something. And I, I just want to extinguish that feeling and I don't want to feel it anymore. And I escape it. Um, and I've learned the beauty in just feeling loneliness. So as I talk about what it means to feel heavy feelings, I want to talk about loneliness and how it actually has utility in our lives radical loneliness and you know even just putting a word like radical in front of something like loneliness that is probably one of the harshest human emotions that we feel feels radical right like loneliness is is has very rarely been um seen as a sexy or an exciting thing it's certainly not something that we aspire to, but it's a state that often takes us to a place of facing ourselves, facing our reality, our existence, potentially facing our pain. And so I wanted to chat with you as I started to feel that. I got here and I was on this high and then I received these messages about 
people who I no longer have in my life and who I've, I've chosen right now at the moment to detach from with love. And I feel so lonely and I want to use it. And so what I mean by that is I believe that loneliness is a powerful tool that if we actually just allowed ourselves to feel and to embrace and to almost appreciate can tell us so much more about ourselves than any tarot reading or even a friend could give advice or any doctor or therapist can give for us to sit in the reality of what is and to feel that solitude and to investigate the anatomy of loneliness. And for me, I like to think about what loneliness feels like in my body, what it looks like in my mind's eye, and really articulate that in real time. And my loneliness, for some reason, if you're familiar with the um, with the chakras, it's right around my root and my sacral chakra. So I'm feeling it in really the lowest parts of my pelvis and of my stomach. And it feels like a pit, right? That's something that is almost insurmountable to, to come out of. And you know, I, I think about loneliness there in coaching, we actually, there was this beautiful visualization and this is how I would see it in my mind's eye. So I just, again, want to give you the fullness of this experience with loneliness that I'm having, but a coach talked about how, and this was during my coaching program, how oftentimes when someone is in a victim state, which I believe that our loneliness can oftentimes get us into, which feels really uncomfortable. Um, when someone is in a bit victim state, it's almost like they are in a pit and we're on solid ground, right? So we're standing as coaches, you know, generally we're in a place where we're there to not only hold space for ourselves, but for other people. And in order to do that, we actually have to be at a pretty high energy level. So within my coaching framework, there's actually seven levels of coach of, of energy that one can have. And one of the most meaningful is level four. It's this idea that we can really hold space and have compassion for other people. And it rises, right? So as we rise in our energy level, we're able to hold our space for ourselves and the other person. So coaches generally are in a pretty good energy state when they're talking to clients, or at least they should be. And so imagine that you're a coach and you're standing on solid ground and you have the sun behind you and you're able to see all the trees and all the beauty of what's around you. And then, and then take yourself and walk down a ladder into a pit or into a cave and let's say 500 feet below. And when you're in that pit, you really can't see the trees. You can hardly even see the sun. All you can really feel or hear is just yourself and the earth. And you look around and you're just facing dirt walls, right? Like that's, that's all you're facing. And it, it could feel limiting. It could feel very trapping, right? Entrapment because you're like, it's hard for you to get out. And as coaches, like it's our job to help 
put a ladder there so our clients can essentially raise their energy and climb up. And so I really think, you know, in these feelings of loneliness, it's recognizing that sometimes I feel like I'm in a pit that I can't get out of. And what I remember in these moments is that this is happening for a reason. I'm, I'm meant to be in solitude for a reason. And so what that means is that I'm looking around and I'm touching the walls and I'm sitting down and I'm allowing the reality of what's going on to be fully accepted within me. I'm in this pit. I can't really see the sun right now. If I look up maybe enough, maybe I can see a glimpse of something. But the reality is that I'm there. I'm, you know, again, encased by the earth. And for me, just even that depiction, it gives me slight hope, right? Because I believe that our earth and our and nature provides us with that groundedness. So loneliness is such an opportunity for groundedness. I would say the most powerful thing you can do when you're lonely is to get yourself grounded in reality. Because oftentimes, if you don't realize it, you don't even realize that you're standing on solid ground, right? It, it, sometimes it feels like you're not. Like, oh my goodness, this soil might, might give out. But the reality is, is that you have two feet on the ground and that you can feel things with your hands and you can notice things and then you do have the ability to look up. And so grounding myself in what's true and accepting my present circumstances. And the next thing is really understanding what is this time meant to show me? You know, for, for today, thankfully, I have the frameworks of being able to understand that we are in retrograde. And I knew, I mean, there's no escaping retrograde. Like, you're gonna feel some feelings. Like, it's just your text is gonna, like, gonna, your ex is gonna text you. Like, you're gonna, you know, I, I'm looking at my hands right now. I have like four cuts on my hands, as well as a burn from like just trying to feed myself this week. And it's almost comical. And for retrograde, I mean, it's never anything that's going to really like uproot your life for the most part. Like they're, they're very small inconveniences and situations, but all of these things, all of these conditions allow us to really start to notice things about ourselves and really start to question and notice again, like our reaction. So one of the things I did knowing that it's this time in, you know, our atmosphere at the moment is to recognize even with these cuts on my hands, one to not judge. I mean, these cuts have literally like, <laughs> they've been a thorn in my flesh, like literally, right? Like I, I wash my hands, it's burning, right? Like, but to just recognize what's showing up for me. And when I get these texts, even like in the, in the beginning, you're like, yeah, you know, for me, it was really important for me to get this text and to feel connected because I did feel lonely. So to text a friend and, and share that I received these texts and allow her to feel that with me, because sometimes when we're lonely, we kind of need to share and that's totally fine. But to also recognize that there's something showing up for me and I need to listen and the more that I can listen, the less that this lonely feeling feels insurmountable, right? And, you know, for me, it's also really important to take action of some kind for myself. So today I decided 
I'm going to record a podcast, right? Like I'm going to actually get myself to a place where I am processing this because that's also the most important thing too in that space where things are coming up is like, what are we, you know, when we choose not to escape, what is showing up for us? And for me, what's showing up is boundaries because as as I mentioned before, these people don't respect or have not traditionally not respected my boundaries. And it's really not even about my mother or, or my ex. It's about me. Like everything turns back to me. And the more that I escape that in a place of loneliness, the more I'm going to feel like I'm stuck in a pit. And in that pit, if I get stuck there for too long, I become a victim. And then it's woe is me. Everyone is around me. I'm never going to have the relationship with my mom that I want, or I'm never going to find, you know, a lover and a, and a girlfriend that respects my boundaries, right? Like I could go there, but the more that I actually start to process this, the more I understand I'm coming up against the reality that I've actually successfully Despite whether these people are recognizing it or not, I have put up boundaries so much that when people step against them or step around them, I notice and it hurts because that's something that I've actually established because I've become sensitive to my need to do that. So I want you to start thinking in this moment of of these moments of loneliness, again, what's showing up for you and what lesson are you meant to learn? You know, how am I going to process this? For me, it's really important. And and I've heard actually really beautiful things about the idea that when your brain actually writes things down, it's almost, it's almost like a digesting of another kind. Some people really need to audibly hear themselves speak. So I'm definitely one of those people, which is, again, I'm, I'm doing this podcast selfishly because I actually want to share what's been going on for me. Um, you know, another, it might even be important for you to text it to some, whatever that is that allows you to really just face the reality of what you're feeling and process it in a way where you're like, what's showing up for me? You know, if there is a why, right? Like getting to that, but if just a what's showing up for me and, and how, and what triggered it and what's been going on with me. And usually when I get to that place, um, where I'm facing the loneliness, it's usually as a result, or I'm usually able to see that I've been getting signs along the way about whatever lesson I was meant to get. Like I literally was walking here on the way, um, to my home and I passed a bar that my ex and I had wanted to go to. And so I was just like, and I thought about her. So it's funny how that happens. And you know, today I actually wore earrings, these beautiful diamond earrings that my mom bought me for my birthday this year. And in a way, it's like I actually have been secretly embracing these women that texted me today that I'm no longer in relationship with at the moment. So really just looking at that allows you to be able to start to work your way up that ladder. And again, I don't want to demonize loneliness. Like if you're somebody that is able to really navigate that well, or you need to take maybe loneliness for you is like, that's my introversion. Like I value that or whatever you personify loneliness as whether positive or negative, that's okay. But at a certain point in order to feel more balanced, um, and more whole and be connected with our, you know, the source and our higher power, it really is important to start stepping up that ladder. And 
you know, really starting to see, okay, like I've learned what I needed to get here. And now I'm going to notice that, oh, wow, holy crap. On the other side of this wall, there's a ladder and it's going to take some work. But if I climb up there, I might be able to, to get to the point where I'm reaching solid ground with my feet and I'm feeling a bit more connected or I'm seeing more options around me. And for me, for that, like definitely recognizing that sometimes it means reaching out to other people. You know, loneliness really is, like I said, it's it could be one of, you know, it drives, sometimes it drives people crazy, right? Like sometimes it drives, you know, mental health issues to come. And that is totally understandable. I mean, we, we as a people, it's very important that we be connected to other people. And if we don't have a way to do that, it could be really menacing. I know that I have definitely faced mental health issues when I've been unable, even when surrounded by other people, to truly connect. And so whatever that means for you, for me, connection can happen in a number of different ways. And it doesn't mean that I actually have to get, have like friends around me. That That might not even be it. It could be, you know, an animal. Like it could be a dog. Like on the way here, I saw this like beautiful labradoodle. Um, his name was Alfie and he was just so freaking cute. And I was walking across the street and it's funny cause I, I, I consider myself like really good dog energy. And I just, he saw me crossing the street and like basically leaped to me. And it was this beautiful moment. I don't remember what his owner's name was, but like dogs and animals for me are really, really important. Um, being out in nature is also a way for me to be connected. So it was, you know, I'm so grateful that today I was actually able to be out and about. I, you know, was recounting how on my street, like trees nearly take up the entirety of my sidewalk. Like what a beautiful problem to have. Like I'm facing a tree right now in my, in my, on my deck. And just being around that helps me so, so much. You know, I also think that there are certain podcasts and shows and books that can allow us to really navigate our loneliness and really immerse ourselves in other people's stories. So that's really been another huge way for me to get out of loneliness or to find my way to a feeling of connectedness is to connect with other people and their stories, to know that we're we're not in it alone, which is again, why I wanted to do this podcast today about radically navigating your loneliness, because we all feel it. Loneliness is a human emotion. It allows us space to be able to reconcile or reflect or shift gears or learn something about ourselves. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing that we've all navigated throughout our lives. Like at one point in time, despite being surrounded by other people, maybe even in a romantic relationship, at work, et cetera, we have felt loneliness and it's a completely normal feeling to have. Escaping it will only make it worse. I promise you, we know this, right? Like sure you can drink yourself into a state of maybe feeling a little bit more liberated and not so lonely, but eventually like those are stagnant emotions that live in you. They're going to express themselves. And it, it, just allowing yourself to feel it will likely make the loneliness last like five minutes versus years, right? And so when we're in that lonely state, we're not always making the best decision. So 
That's also a very important thing is just recognizing that that, you know, loneliness, it's not always a time to take action. So many of us want to just do something that, you know what, I'm going to like write them an email or I'm going to, you know, go to the movies and really just like not be lonely. And that's, you know, again, I don't want to demonize doing any of those things, but if we're doing it in a place where we're trying to escape our loneliness and we're not navigating it, it's going to come back. And usually it comes back with a vengeance because it's meant to tell us something. So I just really encourage you to think about those areas in life where, or those times in your life um, when you felt lonely and what was your, your knee-jerk reaction there? Was it to escape it? Was it to cry? Also crying ain't nothing wrong with that. Like (laughs) crying is such a beautiful way for your body to actually self-soothe. And I remind my clients about that and my friends when they're feeling so embarrassed about crying, it's like, there's actually like a chemical release that happens there. Your body is actually, you know, expressing emotions. It's a beautiful way to know that your emotions are flowing, right? Now, there are times when you can definitely be caught up in sobbing and it's like not always the best, but it's a way for your body to not um, necessarily hold that in. And I've definitely experienced that, you know, that idea that almost the tears have lived within me and it feels as though there's tightness or clenching in certain areas of my body or I start feeling certain pain. And I, I really recognize now that a lot of that has been years of trying to escape the feelings of loneliness. Um, Teal Swan, who I've mentioned a few times in this podcast, writes a beautiful book called The Anatomy of Loneliness. And one thing that she said that I thought was like really, really powerful is that so many like ancient gurus and thought leaders of the past um, in more ancient times, they actually said that um, or they believed that the most um, connected and profound gurus and leaders would actually go into hiding for for like sometimes months, sometimes years, and just really connect with themselves and God and the universe. Like, and that's actually something that she does annually. I believe she did it for a few months. And what she says, what it, it was like the scariest time of her life. And there's so many, there's actually a few, uh, a few gurus that I'm thinking about one, I believe it might be Byron Katie who also takes a few months out every single year. And Byron Katie, by the way, if you haven't learned about her, I just want to preface this. Amazing. I quote her so much in in coaching. And Byron Katie actually talks about how she does this annually. And she she basically uh, closes up shop for months to just be in a state of receiving because that's the beauty of loneliness. In loneliness, it's not a time to give. So that's like, that's, <laughs> that's been my mess up as well as I think, okay, it's a time, you know, it's like in Christianity, they were like, you have to be grateful. And if it's loneliness, it's your choice. And we hear all these terrible things to describe this feeling that we're already feeling terrible about. When in reality, loneliness is a time for us to receive. It's a time for us to hear. It's a time for us to reconcile and get clarity. And so Byron Katie does that. And she's just really great as well, especially in these times of loneliness or when we have a story that 
really is maybe even triggering more loneliness for us. She really has um, a beautiful framework that allows us to understand, okay, first is like, what is true? Her next question is, what is absolutely true about the situation that you might be thinking about or making a story around? Um, what does it feel like to, um, or what is this interpretation of what's going on? How does it make me feel? And then what is another way to interpret it? And she talks about it being like this turnaround. And so that process, again, Byron Katie, the four questions, she was also on Super Soul Sunday talking about this approach to really turn around our thoughts um, has also helped me to navigate my loneliness when, again, I'm trying to avoid it and these stories are just popping up of like, you're not enough or like, you're a fraud. I mean, that for some reason has been my thought this week that I realized like, whew, I just had an aha about that. Thank you for listening. <laughs> like this idea of like, I'm an imposter or I am not true, right? And oftentimes I, I know that to be absolutely not true, right? Like I don't even have to do the four questions to know that, but to understand the story, I navigate the process. You know, what's true? What's true is that I'm here and I mean, and I, and I'm, have so much to offer. What's absolutely true is that I'm doing the best that I could. What it feels like to feel like I'm an imposter is imposterous. Like it just feels off. It feels like self-betrayal. And another way to think about it is that I'm a work in progress, right? And we're all working works in progress. We're all just doing the best that we could. So I encourage you that next time you're feeling lonely, allow yourself to feel it. Don't escape it. If you need to connect with someone, do that. If you need to write or to process, but ask it what it's meant there to show you. It even is helpful to think about what's your inner child doing at that moment. And I mentioned um, the inner child in our second episode. Definitely take a look at that. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to chat about, you know, things that you've been struggling with lately or any other ideas for the podcast, then go ahead and comment in the show notes. You can also reach out to me on Instagram at Radical Choices. Reach out to me if you're interested in working with me as a coaching client at alisa-ramos.com. And I'm wishing you a beautiful week. Enjoy Pisces season. Enjoy and good luck with the rest of this retrograde. And I'll talk to you again soon. Bye.